The Travel Project, hosted by your travel guides, Matt and Katie Coyle. Taking you on a journey to some of the most sought-after holiday destinations in the world, giving you the ultimate travel tips and the latest news and deals, while you sit back and relax. Thanks to NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. Hello and welcome to the Travel Project podcast. I've got a little bit of a special episode today where we're bringing on one of our own, Mr. Stephen Green. He's just returned to the industry after a bit of a hiatus due to COVID. We're going to be unpacking this man's brain when it comes to airfares. Airfares, as we have all seen, are blowing out and they are expensive. 20000 bucks to go to LA in business for one person is absolutely absurd. It's hard to see the value in it. Um, five and a half, six thousand dollars for economy. Uh, you know, I think we can all remember pre-COVID, nine ninety nine returned to London and seven ninety nine returned to LA. I think, admittedly, these prices are long gone, uh, but we're going to be finding a new normal. But uh, I really don't think twenty thousand and six thousand dollars is a new normal, and nor does Steve. So, on today's episode, we're really trying to get an understanding as to FS and and how they work. We're going to touch on. Booking online, you know, with a travel agent. Why with a travel agent? Surely travel agents can do the same things as online. Um, no, we can do a whole lot more and uh, so much more that 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 many of the um, online sites just cannot. And so that's what why I've got Steve coming on today and uh, he'll be able to share with you some of his secrets, some of the industry secrets. And uh, at the end, if you wanted to reach out to Steve yourself for, for your trip to really give him a go, because guarantee you will be getting an itinerary that you can't replicate anywhere else. You're listening to The Travel Project, thanks to NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. And coming up next on The Travel Project... FS are just a huge Rubik's Cube or infinite number of possibilities. It's a, a jigsaw puzzle with no picture on the box, if you will. And there are infinite possibilities. When you take travel as a whole and the exciting things that are on offer, then, then the world's your oyster and, and the number of ways to, to taste that oyster are infinite. So, yeah, very exciting. Nothing beats the feeling of travel. The first step off the plane, salt water on your skin, sand beneath your toes, a drink in your hand, the list goes on. NIB wants you to enjoy the best parts of travel and help you through any unexpected bumps in the road, whether you're travelling up the coast or overseas. For travel insurance designed for today's travellers, go to nib.com.au slash travel well. NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. Always read the PDS and TMD at nib.com.au slash travel well to consider if this product is right for you. Insurance issued by Pacific International Insurance. Uh, this man, his name is Steve. Steve started his travel career in the UK, where he's from. After a couple of years um, working in retail, he, he launched into running one of the largest retail travel agencies in the UK before being imported across to Australia, again, running an even larger, largest in the world retail travel agency, leisure travel agency here, before he branched into corporate and bespoke uh, tailoring of holidays. And after COVID, after a bit of a hiatus, he's come back under Brisbane Travel Project. And here he is, Mr. Stephen Green. Welcome, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, look forward to it. you got a brain that I want to unpack. This brain is an airfare brain, and I really find it difficult to explain to people the way you deal in airfares. It's very complicated and not just click and book. Am I right? 
Yeah, not not just clicking book at all. And my life would be a lot simpler if it was. FS are just a huge Rubik's cube or infinite number of possibilities. It's a, a jigsaw puzzle with no picture on the box, if you will. It's exciting, plays into the curiosity, it plays into the problem-solving side of, of what I love to do. And there are infinite possibilities. When you take travel as a whole and the exciting things that are on offer, then then the world's your oyster and, and the number of ways to to taste that oyster infinite yeah very exciting so is it very limiting if i was just to punch into the computer i don't know melbourne to london return well i think i think once some one of my colleagues actually did the number of possible ways to get from melbourne to london and it's it's in the high high millions of possible combinations of getting to london high millions so london. yeah there's, more, there's millions and millions and millions of ways to get into london and uh, it might not sound like it. That might sound like a far-fetched number, but there, there really are. I'm probably a few less since COVID, um, but there are still many, many ways of getting there. And uh, understanding those ways. I mean, I've been doing travel for 18 years, and I don't know every effort. Like, I don't, you know, there's things that even I learn on a daily basis. So that goes to show you how big the scope of learning travel really is. So why do airfares change in price from day to day? Uh, there's multiple reasons, multiple causes for that. Um, you've obviously got the standard ones like peak season, low seasons, you know, um, weekend travel. That I know everyone thinks it's a bigger deal than it is because often, you know, traveling on a Tuesday makes a very minor difference or traveling on a Saturday. You've got school holidays, all that kind of thing as well. Um, but really, uh, the actual thing that people don't often know is that airlines are trying to make X amount of money from each aircraft that flies. Uh, and they have extremely sophisticated systems for this, systems that all AI generated. Um, and what will happen is they may, for example, be selling an economy flight um, really well on, a, on an aircraft. Uh, so loads of tickets have already sold. And so they'll sell their business class on a sale fare because you know what? They've already hit their quota by selling really high amounts of economy so they can sell sales on the business. On vice versa, they may sell really well on the business class side and think we can put a sale on the economy. And then the final one is you can be sitting next to somebody on a plane and have paid completely different prices for the same ticket. It will be affected by when you book. It will be affected by how many seats you've booked. And it will just be simply airlines don't have one price for economy. They may have 15 price levels for economy. And like anything, you start at the bottom and as those ones sell out, there may be 10 available at the cheapest and 10 at the next and 10 at the next. And as you move through those ladders of, of price levels, um, the fare increases. So if you, you know, you often, that's why last minute flights are often more expensive. Um, and then you'll always get that, you know, friend who says, oh, I booked a flight last minute and I got a great deal. Um, trust me, it was a one-off. You know, it was a random flight that was wide open. There was, it wasn't very busy or they'd already hit their quota. So, you know, there was some last minute sales, but it certainly isn't the norm. Generally speaking, the closer you get to travel, you know, the closer you are to a school holidays or a World Cup or Oktoberfest or whatever it may be within the country you're traveling to that you're going for, if everyone else is doing the same thing, then it's going to affect the price. You had a little bit of time uh, out of the industry during COVID and before coming back, I, I I was giving you an insight into what seemed like a world that had tipped upside down on, on its head. Um, and I talked about availability was impossible to get. Prices were insane. You know, LA for $20,000 in business class is absolutely through the roof. What have you seen uh, since coming back in the industry when compared to pre-COVID? Well, I, people making all these comments was actually the reason that got me back into travel. 
you know, I'd been away from travel, uh, hadn't really crossed my mind. The opportunity hadn't really arisen to come back into travel. And then, you know, some of my old customers called me and they were saying things. I've sent $15,000 in business class to Europe and, and people in the industry were telling me how bad it was. And I just kept thinking, you know what, I think I can do better. Um, and that was my ego talking probably, but <laughs> there's a few things. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some definite ways, definite things to know from coming back post COVID versus pre COVID. And there are four, I think there are four things that I would probably say, um, I've picked up on. And the first one is there are fewer planes in the sky, which makes a big difference. Supply and demand issue where some routes would have, you know, two planes going a day. They might have one now, or they might have none, um, on some routes, airlines that were there or you know that were traveling frequently to places just aren't doing those routes anymore that takes an entire airline out of an equation when you're doing a search which was you know is going to affect how many choices somebody has the second thing that i've noticed is that fares just cost more with certain carriers so typically your premium carriers and um, the ones that people love to fly with or that that's their carrier um you know your five-star carriers specifically i would say have put their prices up maybe 25, 30%. That's probably what I'm sort of seeing, sometimes more, because those jumps occur on all the, you know, the booking classes. So the higher the price becomes anyway, the higher it looks even more than it was before. The third thing that I'm seeing is I'm looking for flights 10 months, 11 months out at the moment. Pre-COVID, they would have released the lowest possible fares for those dates. So the early worm catch, you know, the early bird catches a worm sort of thing. If you booked early, you got good availability, you know, that was kind of how it always was. And I'm noticing that airlines aren't necessarily releasing their lowest possible prices. They're starting a little bit higher to recuperate what I imagine are some pretty heavy losses through COVID. Um, and I've got a very controversial opinion, but I think flights were too cheap pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, think you could, I think you could fly halfway around the world for some crazy prices and the airlines were in price wars and, you know, um, airlines were in administration or in financial difficulty all the time. And I don't think that's the world that is conducive to us all going on good holidays and traveling the world. And it's, you know, I think there's probably going to be some market correction and whether prices will come down or not when there's more planes in the sky, I'm not too sure. Maybe they'll come down, but they won't come down to pre-COVID levels. I think that's what my, my gut tells me. Why would you when everyone's still traveling? Um, and the last thing that I've probably noticed, which is something that I think I want the savvy traveler to think about, is there are airlines out there whose prices haven't changed and still offer really exciting routes. But they're the out-of-the-box airlines that you don't come in asking for. And they're the out-of-the-box routes that you've maybe not thought of doing before and the stopovers in places that you've never been before, you have been before. Or traveling via the USA to get to Europe instead of via Asia, etc. There are those sorts of different ways of doing things that are still uh, you can get great deals on especially in the premium cabins the premium economies of business class um you know when i'm talking about not as many planes in the sky one of the biggest places i think i've seen that impact is in premium economy especially being in brisbane where we had not as many premium routes as, as sydney and melbourne had and um, we now have even less you can't fly premium from brisbane to singapore that means that if you want to fly singapore airlines premium economy to to london you're only getting half a journey for the same price as you used to pay for the full journey. That's a huge change in the market that is going to be interesting. And we have to wait for the airlines to recuperate all their staffing levels and all their finances before we see see that go back to normal, I suspect. 
You're listening to The Travel Project, thanks to NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. And coming up next on The Travel Project... There are multiple ways of getting into Europe. So with BA, for example, they'll work with every one world carrier and you can go via Malaysia or Singapore or Hong Kong or Tokyo or China. And then you can take the BA flight into Europe. And the same with the Lufthansa as well. Like Lufthansa will go everywhere. They partner with about 15 or 20 different airlines. You can go via the US, you can go via Africa, you can go via Asia, and then you pick up the Lufthansa carrier. So there are some airlines out there that will give you hundreds of options to get to a place. From a week in Bali to a month in Europe, NIB Travel Insurance can offer cover for your overseas adventures. So I know how long sometimes, you know, creating a a manual fare can take, and it, it does beg the question, can AI or the internet not create what we are sometimes creating with FS? No, I think that's I think that's a long, long way off. I think it can look like it does. I think um, there are situations where you may look online and you think, you know, I can do this online myself, um, and it may appear that way, you know. But the reality is, what we have access to and what we see. It's it's like looking under the hood of the car, you know. You may you may have a problem with your car that can be fixed from the outside, and on those rare occasions where it's a flat tire, you don't need to go under the hood of the car. You don't need us, or you may not get a benefit in terms of price from using a travel agent. But there's going to be plenty of occasions, and the majority of long haul occasions. Assume long haul, you know, even busy periods, anything that's more complex than I want to fly Brisbane to Sydney or. Brisbane to Bali out of season, those sort of things where, you know what, it is probably going to be pretty straightforward. We're seen under the hood of the car. We're really inspecting it. We're, you know, we're doing all the processes to make sure every option has been put on the table. You know, when we present two or three options to you, we've already discounted 20. Oh, I know I have. I've already been through every premium airline, every B-class airline. I've thought of 15 different stopovers. Will those dates work? You know, what was the earliest possible date you could leave? Australian, what was the latest you could come back? You know, I've worked out who were my options. What are the different seats you're going to get? Like, where's the value come from? What is the change fees? What's the cancellation like? That's all been done for you. You don't get that with the internet. The internet is what it is. It's like looking at a shop from the outside and seeing something on a mannequin. You you only see that. You don't see the warehouse in the back. You know, you don't know if they've got your size. You don't even know whether that was the best possible price or the best possible option for you. You really have to, to to go into detail, like we, which is what we do. I think when I look for airfares, it's 18 years worth of skill and experience and training hundreds of people in travel on how to search airfares going into that search. And I think for the $25 service fee that we charge, I think it's the most insane value you'll get from any product or service. Let's give some examples. I wanted to share one um, very recently earlier on in the year. I've um, got a client that wanted to travel business class over to New York and Miami. Found out that we could save him $8,000 if he just uh, had a little side trip from New York to Frankfurt for the night. And he went there and had a feast of good German food, stayed a night in a hotel for $200 and came back, extra $8,000 in his pocket. I think these are some examples as to how sometimes absurd it can be if you really take a step back and, and you're not, you know, used to the ins and outs and understanding uh, the mechanics of an airfare, how 
absurd that is to take an extra flight and to take $8,000 off, off the fare. So are there any other examples or, or, or what can we actually, you know, share um, that you may have done in the past or, or have your eye on on some certain fares and, and how they differ from a simple return? There's two types of airline, in, in my opinion. There's the airlines that have really only got one way of getting from point A to point B. Let's take Australia to Europe as an example, because it's a very common route for Aussies. It's the one that costs the highest premium with airfares. It's the one that they go for the longest. And it's usually the one where they've probably got the most flexibility in terms of stopovers. If you travel into LA, there aren't really that many places you can stop over on the way, one or two. But uh, when you go into Europe, there's plenty of places. So you can break it into two airlines. You can take airlines, for example, like Emirates, Singapore, where you have to go through their hub city, which is Dubai or Singapore. So there's really not a huge amount of flexibility in terms of where you stop over. You can have stopovers on those airlines in other places, but it's pretty hard to do. And let's just, for argument's sake, saying you're going to go through Dubai. Then you get other carriers, and this is the second category, second category like Lufthansa or BA um, or Japan Airlines, for example, where there are multiple ways of getting into Europe. So with BA, for example, they'll work with every one world carrier and you can go via Malaysia or Singapore or Hong Kong or Tokyo or China. And then you can take the BA flight into Europe. And the same with the Lufthansa as well. Like Lufthansa will go everywhere. They partner with about 15 or 20 different airlines and you can go via the US, you can go via Africa, you can go via Asia. Um, and then you pick up the Lufthansa carrier. So there are some airlines out there that will give you hundreds of options to get to a place. Now, trying to piece that together online or, or trying to do that, it takes a huge amount of work and you have to know how they all connect. Right? You need to have the knowledge to understand well, where are all those cities and, and, and how busy are they going to be and how fast can you search 50 different options or 150 different options on the keyboard manually. There's two things that are going to happen in 2023. I think you're going to get the customers who they fly X airline and they want to continue flying X airline for the points or for the service or for the class. And that's not going to change regardless of the price. And then you're going to get the other customers who the prices have all risen and now they want to, they want to go back to paying what they used to pay. So instead of flying with a premium carrier that they've always flown with before, they go, look, I want to go any way I can happy if it includes a night or two along the way and I'm flexible with my dates. And the more, towards that end of the scale you are, the better the price is going to be, simply put. If you're open and you're flexible with um, how you get there, it's going to have a huge impact on price. And if you want to stick with what you know or you want to go with certain carriers, then it's going to be whatever they're charging at the time. And I think that's going to break down FY23. Um, Stopover is, is another you know great opportunity that so many people are, are used to the, the common destinations, as you said earlier. But another little wild card is leaving Paris as opposed to London. Did you want to give us a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, look, I am um, one of my favorite things to do is to change people's itineraries. I take it a lot of pride in messing with people's holidays. <laughs> in a good way, um, right? <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. I yeah. like I like this idea of um I don't want you to ever buy a holiday from me, which you'd already planned out before you bought it. I want to have added something to it that you didn't think you were going to get. That's something I, I, I like to do a lot of. Um, so, for example, you know, when you take London for, a, especially someone's first trip where they've never been to Europe before, or they've been to Europe, but, you know, maybe they only had a few days or they were seeing family and now it's time for a holiday. 
London, like there are a few cities in Europe which are the cheapest cities in Europe to fly to. Typically, London, Paris, and Rome are your three cheapest cities in Europe for the sale fares. Well, you know, you can get between London and Paris for 80 pounds or 50 pounds on the Eurostar at a good day. And so by flying into one and flying out of the other, for example, it's going to cost you $100, $120 to, to include a trip to Paris. Um, so instead of flying into London and back, where then you've got to get to Paris and back, we can put that stop over there. And the same goes for anyone who's flying into, you know, cities in Europe. Like if you fly with Lufthansa, they, you know, their hub cities are Munich, Frankfurt. They work with Swiss, which gives you Zurich. You've got Vienna with Austrian. That's four other cities that you can get for free on your trip, you know, just by flying with that airline. Um, Scandinavian go through Copenhagen. There's a whole range of airlines um, which will do that. Um, and even BA, you know, you may be, let's say somebody's going to Europe, they're going to go visit family in the UK. They want to go for three weeks. So they want to, you know, they're happy to fly BA. What they don't necessarily know is that BA will give you a free stop over in London. So let's say you can fly to, you might be able to fly to Athens for the same price as London with BA. So we could fly you into London for that same three weeks, but in the middle of that holiday, you nip off to Athens for three days, and it's not going to cost you a single penny more than flying into London and back. But you got a free return trip to Athens, which would have cost you $700, you know? So I think things like that are those ideas. That's what you're using an agent for, in my opinion. You're using it for like, hey, I know X, Y, and Z, but I want to know the whole alphabet of possibilities here. And I want someone to help me through the whole process. Our deal is that we book you the first time and I want to be booking you in 10 years time. You know, I want to be booking you if you haven't got kids now and you're 27, I want to be booking you when you're 37 and you're taking them to Disney for the first time. You know, I want to be with you when you're taking that honeymoon after you got married. And I booked that first trip when you were just a couple newly, you know, newly together and you're going to, you know, Fiji for a week. I want to be the one who books your honeymoon, right? So for me, it's it's not just about getting a sale or anything like that. That's not really what I'm into. It's about building that relationship and that long-term mutual understanding of how you like to travel, what you like to see and do, you know, what you'd be interested in. And I also want on the other side, you to understand what I can bring to the table and, you know, my number's saved and you call me the first time you think of doing something and you know that I'll pick up the phone at 8 p.m., because you're one of my best clients for the last three years. That's how it's going to be, you know? And if you lose your passport in Paris at 2 a.m. and you think, oh, I don't, you know, is my travel agent going to answer the phone? You're not getting a 24-7 customer service number. You're getting my mobile number. That's, that's the relationship between myself and a customer and I'm sure any other good travel agent as well. Steve, you're a legend. Thanks for joining me and thank you for sharing that amazing insight. Yeah, that's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. From a week in Bali to a month in Europe, NIB Travel Insurance can offer cover for your overseas adventures. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope it gave you a little bit of insight into the world of airfares and um, how they're not just black and white as two options. There's so much more. They're a Rubik's Cube. There's Steve's brains in a Rubik's Cube. It, it was very exciting. So, uh, if you're up in Brisbane and you want to reach out with Steve, please do so at Stephen with a PH at brisbanetravelproject.com.au or reach out to the team, all very, very experienced tra- travel advisors down at melbournetravelproject.com.au and uh, you can find us online. <laughs>